You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to In Conversation. Just lately, we've been really lucky with some of our uh, guests on the show. And today's no different because we've got another champion. And this time is Mr. Peter Scudamore. Well, good afternoon, Peter. I can't believe that I've got one of the greatest national hunt jockeys on my radio show. But uh, nonetheless, delighted to have you on. Welcome to Three Valleys Radio. Um, Where do I start with a man like you with so many winners, so many records? It's unbelievable what you've achieved. Well, you know, you're very lucky. The more you look back at it, um, you know, you're fortunate to get to a position to to ride good horses. Um, That's the the, the long and the short of it. I haven't seen many people win on a horse that wasn't good enough, you know. Yeah, well, I know that's true enough, I suppose. But uh, but when you look at your record, but, but let's just go back a bit. You you were born on the 29th of June, 1958, um, and you obviously had a very well-known father because he'd win the Grand National winner himself in, in Michael, yeah? That's correct, yeah. He won the Grand National in 58, yeah. 59, 59, yeah. No, he, had, he had a good run. He won the Cheltenham Gold Cup in 57. He won the King George VI in... Uh, 58 and he won the national in 59 so yes no i had a lot to live up to so you're absolutely steeped in racing history behind you then really so so you know what are your first memories of actually physically getting on a horse can you can you remember that far back well we was brought up in the countryside um my grandfather had actually ridden point of pointing um i was brought up in herefordshire um when you look i think holly doyle's from ludlow richard johnson was a i i uh rode with his father and his grandfather actually so you know we where other people had um football teams and cricket teams and rugby teams to follow we had we had horses so mm. you know i was just brought up in the, bought the farm bought up those donkeys and horses about ponies about and so it was just part of my bringing up you know yeah did my you upbringing. did you join the, the pony club or anything like that yeah and no, i did all the pony club things i mean those that um Prince Philip Games, show jumping, Jim Carners, the best fun of your life, you know. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. out of the, the restrictions of school, suddenly the um, the fun of uh, going to the, the local shows and stuff. I've made lifetime friends at doing that. Yeah. 
So d did you reach a point where you were sort of, uh, you know, in your sort of, let's say, 13, 14 age group, you were getting to the point where school was a nuisance and you wanted to get off and ride? Yes, uh, I, I did. My mother made me do A-levels, so I did A-levels. And then, um, then uh, you know, she wanted me to go and do something else, but I, I, I wanted to ride and I got it got got into David Nicholson's in the Cotswolds and um, got going from there. That, that sounds familiar because I think, as I mentioned to you, I spoke to Richard Dunwoody recently and he, uh, he, he rode for him as well, didn't he? That's right. He followed me. Uh, that's right. Yeah, he followed me to uh, David and then he followed me to Martin Pipe. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> he must have been like, like like hanging on to your coat strings all the time, I suppose. But um... Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Somebody just snapping at my heels he was he bit my bit my legs off in the end <laughs> <laughs> well, norman hunter style i guess um yeah, yeah. so anyway it says here that your first competitive race was in 1978 uh and a 15 year 15 year long career really but um what was your first runner can you remember i ran a point of points at a place called belmont abbey it doesn't uh doesn't have a a uh, point of point now but uh, i remember I rode there i rode I fell upsides, Richard Johnson, I unseated going to last, upsides Richard Johnson's father and his grandfather. So that's, a, you know, well, that's the fun of point-to-pointing, you know. And, and how soon from that point did you get into actual, you know, national hunt racing as opposed oh, to point-to-point? Oh, it, point it to took points? me, it, it, it took me some time, two or three years before, I mean, gosh, it took me eight, uh, uh, maybe I, know, I wrote a couple of winners point-to-pointing, but, um, you know, it took me quite a long time to get going from then. I was still at school when I did that, you know. Mm, mm. So uh, can you remember what age you were when you actually started, you know, under rules? <sighs> I think I was 18 or 19 when I got going under rules, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was still riding for David Nicholson? Well, I, you know, I, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, the first jump winner I rode for was a chap called Toby Balding, who... Uh, Produced A.P. McCoy. That's where A.P. McCoy uh, served his apprenticeship. Uh, I mean, there's no racing in England in, in, in the summers in my day, so I, you know, I went to a brilliant trainer in Ireland called Jim Bolger, and actually A.P. came through him as well. Aidan O'Brien, William Mullins, you name them, everybody's been through Jim Bolger. Yeah. I mean, he's. Um, so I, I, I'd spent some time there, and I also spent some time in Scandinavia riding. I think. Um, I rode my first flat. I rode a winner on the flat for, as an amateur for for Jim Bolger. Um, yes, my first, as I say, my first uh, winner under rules was for Toby Balding. So, why did you not go for flat racing then? You know, was it was it? Too I was too heavy. Um, you know, I always knew that I, I could do nine. I could get my body weight down to about nine two, but that's that's heavy flat racing. You mm. know, Willie Carson and those people are. You know, they, 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 that, that's uh, what are they about eight stone or something? Yeah, yeah, they'd, they'd be eight stone. Well, you know, nine two. I think I, I wrote, got my body weight down to a couple of times, but that means I'm only riding at nine seven. You know, it it, yeah. it, 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 it leaves very few rides available to you flat racing. And you were quite tall as well, if I as I recall. Well, I suppose I don't know. I, I think as equipment and diet, we've understood diet better. I mean, it's a lot, lot taller people. It's taller people than me riding on the flat now. Um, hmm. When you look at George Baker and uh, Cash Ashmanson riding, the, 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 but the, the understanding of diet is uh, and, uh, getting better. And that, and you know, I think it's the crossover of sports. I look at how hard the cyclists work at getting their weight down. You know, yeah. so uh, 
Um, I suppose the difficult for us is that you know you are on a constant diet, um, and it's quite when you're looking at sportsmen. I think you see them on telly, or then you just see them um, performing in their sport. You you forget they have an everyday life as well. I'm not sure that you know. I'm not talking about tennis players or golfers who've got huge management teams behind them, but um, ordinary sportsmen that are you know having to manage their own lives. You having to go out to supper, take the missus to tea, you know, and it's all this. You know, that, that's, it's, it's hard to diet within with, with it in those uh, parameters, you know. So that, that, that's one of the big drawbacks of being a gym jockey. Well, let's have the first of Peter's uh, musical choices, and it's Billy Joel and the Piano Man. Men slow. 
day And the manager gives me a smile Cause he knows that it's me they've been coming to see To forget about life for a while Billy Joel there and Piano Man. Right, so, but I mean, it, it must have been a, a huge um, testament to your determination. I mean, the thought of, you know, being a jockey, it's not just being a jockey, it's getting up at sort of some ridiculous hour in the morning, then going and riding out for. Well, I, you know, you know I, I saw something of the day, you know, um, a, a chap in Ireland's just retired, David Mullins, and uh, he said, you know, it's. It is monotonous and stuff, but when it's better than working for a living, I'll think, you know, I mean, there's lots, lots of hard jobs in, in life. At least we would, what does Confucius say, find a job that you enjoy and you'll never have to work again, and that's what I did, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, also the, the weight aspect in that you can't eat too much. I mean, for some No, years... but, uh, it, it, you know, you go in with your eyes open, you know you're going to get hurt, you know, you know, you don't have to do it. You go in with your eyes open and you... And, uh, yeah, you, you're going to get a few falls and you're going to diet. You know, I mean, yeah. um, rugby players have to eat a lot. Jockeys have to eat not very much. You know, basketball players are very tall. Jockeys are very small. You know, and that's, you know, if I was six foot seven, I'd have been a basket. Well, yeah, in the yeah. basket, but you know what I mean. I yeah, was, yeah. Look, I was about the perfect size to be a jockey. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did you find? You know, did you find that? Was it hard though? You know, getting up early in the morning. Doing that and then not being out in the week, no, and then off remember. you went. You know, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I suppose when I, when I was working at David Nicholson's, you're going up early in the morning to ride out, but and you were working at it. But once you got away from the yard, you know, so so when you were a, a minor jockey, you're what they call doing your three in the yard. You're working, and you're, you know, you might get three or four rides a week. Yeah. But when you get going, you're riding six, five, six days a week. You might be riding out in Lambourne one morning, Martin Pipes the next, up in Cheshire. That you know, so you've got something to look up forward to get up early for. You've got a got a purpose in in life. You've got hope, you know. So that, mm. so uh, no, I didn't. I, I enjoyed it, and that, you know, I feel the jockeys now probably work even harder because they're riding. June and July, we we had those two months off. Although I used to go and ride abroad, but um, no, we we were very lucky to do what we did. Hmm. Well, I admire, I admire your um, determination, shall we say? But looking at your major race wins here, um, I'm going to try and pick them up in the right order. 
The Swinton Handicap Hurdle seems to be the top one, 1984. Does that sort of, sort of kind of ring a bell with you? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, if I were a, the, Yeah, I, I mean, they've all changed their names, these races now. I mean, to, my, to us, the big races were at Cheltenham and obviously the Grand National. Hmm. Um, you know, and there's um, Thomas, the, the, there's the Ladbroke Trophy at Newry. I won it twice. Thomas has won it four times, I think, or three times, you know. So, um, you know, the, the Welsh Nationals and stuff. But, um, you know, my great team, you know, if it's a great team, was the number of winners I rode, and uh, I was lucky enough to be champion jockey. That's that's what um, we always aim to do, you know. Hmm. Well, I mean, eight times champion jockey, that's not bad, is it? By anybody's standards. No, I mean, look, I was, as I say, I was very lucky. I rode very, very good horses, and, um, you know, AP Molloy comes along and and stuffs it out of sight but uh mm. no no I mean, it, it, you can only do what you can do within the era that you're doing it and i was yeah you know very honored to to do it and as i say i that's what we set off to do every season i set off to be champion jockey that's what i wanted to do do do, do any of the big race you know let's put it another way what 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 in your mind is the best race that you ever won well, I was because of my association with Martin Pike. I, um, you know, I enjoyed riding big winners for him. I won a champion hurdle for him, and that was, you know, it was the first really great race that he won. And uh, so, so, so that was a great hit, thrill. I won a, you know, he'd been so good to me, so it was nice to give him something back and, and, and win a champion hurdle for him. Yeah. So, what was that? The nineteen eighty eight one. Yeah, it was that on Granville again? I can't remember a year it was. Granville again. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, you've been unlucky. Well, you've been lucky with Welsh Grand Nationals and Scottish Grand Nationals, but the, the Aintree one eluded you. Uh, you know, yeah, you, no, you, I never never won that. But, you know, I, I think you in life you can't have everything. You know, as I say, I won four or five Welsh ones, two Scottish. You know, Lysandra and I have trained a Grand National winner. Yeah, here in one for Arthur. Dad won one, so you know. No, I have no, um, I have no regrets or sorrows and things like that. You know. <laughs> um, what can you remember of the rides you've had in the Grand National, though? Which I know they haven't been successful. I remember but... falling on strands of gold. He was going very well. Brendan Powell won the race um, on rhyme and reason. Uh, I was third on Corvier. I didn't. I got round. I think I only. Fell once, and that was on Corvier. I got I had about thirteen and fourteen rides. Got around nine times, um, but I just uh, Corvier was just close as I got. Yeah, it was a, it's just a fantastic race, and it was a tremendous thrill to to get um, that to that. You know, I, it must be uh, the adrenaline flow must be absolutely incredible when you're on a horse coming up to beaches. You know, a load of horses around you. I mean, what's it feel like? It must be incredible, I should think. Yeah, I think, you know, most of the time we're going away in our little world without, you know, a, a lot of people noticing what's going on. Um, but suddenly when you are very aware, we were in my day, with, you know, with being on the BBC, um, huge BBC team coming on, you just, you were aware that you know, much of the British public was watching you. Um, yeah, it, 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 you know, along with the FA Cup, Wimbledon, I think you'd have to say the Grand National is one of the great British sporting events, wouldn't you? Oh, without doubt, yeah, without doubt. But um, more music now, and this time it's Brilliant Disguise from Bruce Springsteen. 
The Boss, Bruce Springsteen and Brilliant Disguise. Pardo Solicitors, the friendly law firm based in the heart of Somerset with offices in Yeovil, Taunton and Bridgewater with a strong ethos of helping those in our community. If in doubt, check it out with Pardo's on a free no-obligation call or subscribe to our free podcast, The Friendly Law Podcast. For more information, call 0800 862 0442 or visit pardos.co.uk. Pardos Solicitors, looking after you, your family and your business. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. 
Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. Now, you won 13 times at Cheltenham. Um, any of those rides particularly stick out in your mind? Obviously, the, ch- the, the champion hurdle well, you just yeah, mentioned. No, you know, yeah, it's just difficult, difficult to say. But, I mean, in my, in my day, there was only three days um, racing at Cheltenham. So it was more difficult to, to ride the number of winners. Um, but, I, I mean, I ended up, one, you know, it, it, was, it was a testament to your ability to ride uh, Cheltenham winners uh, and... Yeah, so I was very proud of that. But, you know, now I actually I think I rode 99 winners around Cheltenham altogether, 13 at the festival. So, hmm. um, yeah, no, no, it did. it's a big achievement, yeah. I was very lucky. Hmm. And um, you mentioned Martin Pipe. Well, because Martin Pipe's in my neck of the woods. I mean, you're up in, yeah. you're up in Scotland. Um, when, did you, when did you start writing for... Write, writing? When did you start riding for Martin Pipe? Well, I... I had a spare ride for him one day at um, Haydock. I, I, actually, John Franken dropped me off, and oh, bloody, I got all crossed. And anyway, I um, ended up riding one of Martin Pipes, and it it, it, it absolutely bolted up. He was just, just somebody I'd never heard of, and it, this horse won very well. And I said, came in, and I said to him, that's the fittest horse I've ever ridden. And he suddenly clicked that he was doing something right, and, and eventually he, he asked me to ride for him. Hmm. Because David Pipe, his son, comes on the show quite often. I ring him up and he'll you know, give me sort of five-minute chat about his yeah, his, his yeah, runners and that. Lo- lo- lovely family. Yeah, they are. And I'm, I met Martin myself once down at Taunton Races and that. But, yeah. but w- what was his secret, though? I mean, because clearly he had something that others didn't because he was phenomenal, wasn't he? Oh, he's a very determined man. I think he'd have, you know, he's one of those people who succeeded whatever he'd done in life, whether he'd been a football manager or... Um, in charge of some huge corporation, he was a very, very driven man. Hmm. I make sure all that wonder what you know how he can how he can put up with um, retirement really in the in the in the context of you know having been so yeah, involved. Yeah, like I've got my you know my sons are riding, one's riding, one's training. I think you know you you don't really end up retiring. You're you're a part of watching the yard going on, and he'll be doing that with David. You know, he'll be behind David all the way. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Quite. Quite. More music now, and this time it's Mop the Hoople and Golden Age.
the hoople there and golden age. But when I, when I look at the champion jockeys, though, 81, 82, 85, 86, 86, 87, 87, 80, I mean, you were absolutely phenomenal at that, that time. I mean, you, 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 you just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't go wrong, could you, at that particular time? Well, it, looking back, it seems like that. But uh, I remember somebody said to one of Martin Pipe's owners, said to Martin Pipe, when I got beaten on one of his, he said, I know why Peter Skinner was the champion jockey because he makes less mistakes than anybody else. But when he does make a mistake, it always seems to be on my horse. So things, yeah. things didn't always go well. Hmm. Did you, uh, I, I mean, most jockeys, although Richard Dunwoody surprised me when I asked him the same question, um, did you did you break sort of every bone in your body or whatever when you were, were well, jockeying? I, I, or? I, I always think you don't, you know, the whole object is not to break your bones, really. But yes, you do, you know, because you have so many falls you you do um end up with a few broken legs and arms but it, it's not something that you're proud of really no no richard was saying he only, he only had two bones broken his wrist i think he's he? in or, yeah yeah no, I broke two legs arms yeah my nose is halfway across my face shoulders oh. yeah they, they all hurt yeah so. Oh. so that must have been very frustrating for you when you were out then i take it well yeah but as i say you you knew you know the score when you go into the sport you know mm. um that, that's all i think richard had to pack up because he hurt his neck didn't he you know so, yes that's right you know most people you know you you, you get your fair shares of falls you know when you hit yeah. the ground it's well I, the I, lap of the gods will you go up again you know i i read um ap mccoy's book and i mean some of what he went through was unbelievable when it came to injuries and and how he disguised them and you know didn't want yeah to... exactly exactly yeah there you go you know that's part of being it's it's, just, it's a tough game you know so changing the subject slightly what's it like to have uh two sons one with a uh, as a trainer and one as a, a very successful jockey followed in the the family tradition yeah, well, I, I absolutely adore it. Um, you know, obviously, you worry for Tom and hope he comes home safe and sound, but he's having a fantastic um, season. Uh, I sort of live my life again through it all again now, and I, Michael's doing tremendously well as a trainer. Hmm. And, um, you know, see, you, you get wound up for them. It's like the daddy on the side of uh, the sports field watching you, you know, even though they're nearly 40 years of age, Tom. And yeah, Michael's... Uh, late thirties, you know, you you uh, you get very wound up for them. So we don't see you standing on the edge of the race course shouting out there, <laughs> which is probably just as well. Um, so let's move on a little bit now to what you're doing now. You're you're up in Scotland. Um, tell me a little bit about what's going on up in Scotland. Well, Lucinda and my partner and I, Lucinda Russell, and my partner and I, we've got seventy horses here just above. Uh, Edinburgh. Um, we've got a bit of snow outside at the moment, but uh, mm-hmm. all being well, we'll be. Uh, we've got two runners at uh, Weatherby tomorrow. I know we've got uh, a, a nice string of horses, and uh, you know we throw ourselves fully into this. And and you enjoy the role of being um, assistant trainer. Yes, very much so. Yeah, no, I I've, I've got a few jobs in the media, and um, but most of the time I've been riding on the beach this afternoon, this morning. We oh, yeah? came up to St Andrews Beach, looking yeah. at, saw the old course there, and. We cantered up the, down the beach where they filmed the Chariots of Fire. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, you will recognise that. So yes, we take the horses away for a bit of an exercise. So yes, I I looked at myself about uh, two years ago. So I was getting fat. So I thought I'll lose some weight, and I've started riding again. So I ride 
two or three horses out every day. And is is a beach sort of ideal ideal place to to uh, you know get horses? Yeah, fit? They, they like the salt water. It, it, I'm not sure it gets them fit, but it, it it cheers them up, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you don't go there every day, or do you go there every day? Uh, no, we just go there to give them a cheer up. The weather's poor at the moment up here, so it's just yeah. changed them. More music now, and this time it's Neil Diamond, and I am I said. Sun shines most of the time And the feeling is laid back Palm trees grow and rents are low But you know keep thinking about Making my way back Well I'm New York City born and raised But nowadays I'm lost between two shores It's fine, but it ain't home New York's home, but it ain't mine no more I am myself To no one there And no one heard at all Not even the chair I cried. I am, said I, and I am lost, and I can't even say why. Leaving me lonely still. Did you ever read about a frog who dreamed of being a king And then became one Well, except for the names and a few other changes If you talk about me The story's the same one But I got an emptiness deep inside That I've tried, but it won't let me go And I'm not a man who likes to swear But I never cared for the sound of being alone I am myself To no one there And no one heard at all Not even the chair I cried I am, said I And I am lost And I can't even say why I am, I Diamond there and I am I said 
And another thing that I, I'd never even thought of it, but I see that you're second cousin to Richard Scudamore, who's the. Uh, well, was. I'm not actually. I don't think we're. You know, there aren't many Scudamores about. I think I don't think we're second cousin. I did have somebody. I did have a radio program ring me up, mistaking me for Richard Scudamore one day. Uh, I could have dropped him in. I could have given him some real quotes, but uh, I didn't. But uh, no, we. I, I have spoken to him a couple of times, but I. We, I don't, we're not second cousins. No. no. Okay. So. No, no connections with football as such, then. No, none whatsoever. I've, uh, I, I follow Hereford United. Well, I did do when they were a bit better, and Liverpool would be my team. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, you must have had a really great weekend last weekend, then. Well, yes, for Monday night. Well, I don't get too upset about it. I, I've, I've always, you know, I admired the managers through the years and got to know some of the players, Emlyn Hughes and yeah, uh, Emlyn Nitrous Racing. Um, I was a mad. Admired Bill Shankly. You know, I just love the way he went about it. There's that, those great managers from the boot room there, and uh, Klopp seems to have uh, captured it all again, doesn't he? Well, I was only winding you up because I've been a, a, a red man. Yeah, I have yeah, been yeah, yeah. since yeah. 1957. So uh... yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm brought up in the days when they won the European Cup. I remember, yeah, when yeah. George Best and those. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you're talking my language now, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've been connected to Yeovil Town for a long time as well, so uh, I was yeah, they, he head of media. Top of uh, FA Cup exploits there. Yes, we have. We've well, we had Manchester United down twice actually, which was, which was a dream come true for me because it was just before I retired from the job. So that was that was great, you know. Yeah. yeah but um, yeah, yeah. so so, what do you see for the future then, Peter? Obviously, not retirement yet. No, I don't think I ever retire. You, um, you, uh, as I say, you're you're doing your your lifetime's hobby. So, uh, no, we're very very fortunate in what we've got and what we do here. And so, Lucinda loves the horses. So we will. I just, I think she'd she'd rather be riding out and working with the horses. She would go on holiday. So, uh, yeah, that's what we do. Well, that's fair enough. And of course, Tom rides for for Martin Piper as well. So again, another sort he of rides for David. Yeah, no, yeah. rides for David. So yeah, not Martin. Yeah, know, David. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, for a continuation for Chris forty years now, isn't it? Fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's a great a great association between the two families. That's for sure, isn't it? Yeah. Good. Well, Peter, thank you ever so much for doing this. Really, really grateful hey, to you. Pleasure. You look uh, after yourself, and uh, I will. nice to speak to you. No, that's lovely. Thank you ever so much for joining us. This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a and you've been listening to the In Conversation programme with A.D. Hopper. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio.